You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Okay, so um, basically our story starts when like uh, my husband and I, uh, we decided like we like to expand our family. Uh, so we actually had a conventional uh, Indian arranged marriage. So, you know, it took time for us to get to know each other and get used to living in the same space as husband and wife. And once we got comfortable, we made the big decision that, okay, let's take the next uh, step forward in our relationship. So let's try for a baby. Uh, so actually that was a very, very big step for a couple who had just started, like, you know, living and exploring married life together. So we were like, okay, it's uh, good. And because we were not sure on how long it would take to conceive, we were like, let's uh, start at the earliest so that we will not regret like if we take time to conceive. So that was our logic. And uh, we started trying in um, November 2019, no, 2018, sorry. And uh, like, it was amazing because The first cycle we tried, we got pregnant. So we discovered that we were pregnant uh, in December, late December 2018. So that was amazing because we were back home in India and uh, we were just there and we announced to like our parents and they were absolutely elated because this would be like the first grandchild for both the families. And they were absolutely elated to welcome a little member. So you know, like they were excited, they were happy, they were a bit concerned because you would be abroad and away from them uh, during my pregnancy. And uh, they had the main concern that how we both would manage on our own. But we assured them that, you know, medical care is great here and we'll be able to take care of stuff. So don't worry. Like that, we went and we departed and we reached uh, Dundee back in Jan of 2019. Uh, It was an early Feb, that one day out of the blue, I felt like my, uh, you know, my normal pregnancy symptoms had just disappeared out of the blue. So call it maternal intuition, call it, I don't know, gut feeling or something like that. I just knew that I needed to seek help, that I needed to talk to a medical professional about this. So um, since it was early in the morning, there was nobody available then. So I was like, okay, I need to uh, figure out what to do. Um, so I Googled, of course, that's the first thing that you do, right? You do a Google search. If, uh, so like the first word that popped up was miscarriage, you know, and like loss of a baby or there were also pages that said that it might be normal because your hormones are getting adjusted to pregnancy. And it might also be like the time when the placenta takes over. So some women experience this. So Uh, After dialing my uh, general practitioner, he directed me to like the early pregnancy unit at a local hospital. And I left them a voice message, like almost in tears saying that, you know, I, my pregnancy symptoms have disappeared. I really don't know what to do. I would really appreciate a call back as soon as you get this message. So I remember being at work and uh, like a kind midwife just answered and she uh, like 
comforted me at her level best and she told me that i've booked you in for a scan the following day so just uh, stay calm until then we'll know for sure what happens um so the day of the scan arrived and uh, we went in with a lot of anticipation and also excitement because we would get to see our baby and that was like amazing so we were like okay let's see how it goes and then the midwife uh, shocks us saying that you know uh, there seems to be no heartbeat uh, like there's not much growth uh, especially for the stage of gestation that you're at so it could either be two scenarios either that the baby has stopped growing or the more positive outcome is that you would have ovulated late so that is why your dates are a bit uh, backward so taking the second uh, scenario into consideration they asked me to wait for a week and it told me to come back for a repeat scan and uh, they were like if indeed you have ovulated late then you would definitely see some growth or something else or some development that would be positive and reassuring so that was like the most agonizing wait ever for us because as a couple we were scared we were like uh, we were also hopeful that okay maybe it's something like we don't know because it's a first pregnancy and we would have got our dates wrong so we were excited we were hopeful we were like you know in absolute agony praying and hoping that it leads to a positive outcome at the end of the week and uh, unfortunately on that day the midwife after being silent throughout the entire scan uh, said those faithful uh, words like you know i'm sorry there's no heartbeat six words that changed the course of our life altogether so uh, it was devastating like the whole world like came crashing down on us and uh, i don't know like i uh, for a moment it, it was like we were both numb like in this whole sphere where we just wanted reality to just be something different we felt like we were in an alternate universe somewhere you know where everything was wrong and suddenly that we would wake up or snap out of it and everything would be all right and uh, still things didn't happen and the midwife uh, she tried to like comfort us and she like uh, the same usual conversation like i'm so sorry for your loss and uh, i'm so sorry but yeah and then she was like i'm very sorry to do this but i think we need to discuss management options on how you would like to go forward so uh, like as usual i was presented with three options one was either to wait it out so that things happen naturally the second one was using uh, psychotech or misoprostol to like you know uh, that would be inserted vaginally and then you can uh, like induce contractions and that would help in expelling oh, okay the baby out and the third one was of course like surgical intervention that's nothing but a dnc uh, i was uh, newly pregnant newly married in a country that i had just settled into like i just joined my husband less than 6 months ago uh so everything was new like there were no familiar faces it was a totally alien environment so i was like i can't do the first two options on my own and uh, there was another consideration that i had just joined a new job then so i was like if this happens during work then how do i manage myself on my own it would be absolutely devastating to do that alone at work in case it happens so i opted for surgical intervention right away so i was scheduled uh, the scan happened on a monday so the following friday i was scheduled in for my dnc um 
that week on wednesday i experienced like uh, some spotting or some bleeding while uh, using the washroom so immediately i thought okay i think the miscarriage has started so i immediately called up the local hospital and they asked me to come in and there was an assessment and said that there might have been some bleeding but something stopped it so you can wait until the surgery uh, and then you know uh like everything would be expelled like all uh, the remains of your baby and uh, so friday i remember going in for surgery and uh, i don't know why after dnc like maybe it was the exhaustion or it was the uh, you know like the whole thing like the intense two weeks of feeling too much and hoping too much and having all hopes crashing down and grieving and crying and agonizing and getting angry and frustrated like going through those wings of emotions after the dnc i was completely relieved so it was like a sigh of relief that okay it's finally over now i can like this chapter is over i can now finally move on i was so so wrong i remember like uh, we went back home the same evening and uh, i rested for the day and i woke up like during the weekend and i remember absolutely crying like those 48 hours i remember like continuously being in tears because like grief had just slapped me on my face like it had suddenly become very raw and very real that i had indeed lost my child so the void that was there in my body because of the loss of my child was suddenly so real and so huge and so unimaginable and it was very very difficult to make sense of what i was going through uh luckily when i was uh, going for like my pre op paperwork uh, the kind midwife actually handed over some resources for counseling so i remember frantically dialing the number of a cow local counseling service and uh, telling them that you know i have had a miscarriage and i absolutely do know how to deal with this please help me out and they were so amazing that they just uh, like invited me in for a session like within the next hour and they just told like just drop in come in we'll take care of you and i remember speaking to this wise old uh, retired uh, counselor i mean she had retired professionally but she was like attached to this organization on a voluntary basis so uh, she just you know tried to sort things out for me and help me you know uh, like unwind and make sense of what i was going through so the anger the frustration the guilt that was there like thinking that it was all my fault that i couldn't protect my baby as a mom so it was a very very uh magnificent uh, what do you say unwinding of thoughts and feelings you know during those counseling sessions and she was so it was so relatable to her because it seems that she also had had like a miscarriage in uh, like her uh, journey towards her children so i was like okay it was very nice to have a space you know to talk to someone who related to it more than anything so it was amazing like counseling really helped me sort things out and uh, i think it was around after like five or six counseling sessions they said that uh, they gave me a lot of strategies to cope 
so then they were like i think you are fine now i think you have pleasantly moved on and you've made sense and you can use the strategies you can and uh, they discharge me kind of from the service and uh, one not even a week after i was discharged i think uh, came a very fateful phone call it was from uh, the gynecologist at my local hospital informing me that uh, actually in the uk uh, what they do is if uh, you've had a dnc uh, they try to analyze uh, the i mean it hurts incredibly to say this but the fetal remains are analyzed to see what could be the possible cause of uh, you know the miscarriage happening so why the pregnancy was not viable so uh, it seems like they analyzed my uh, baby's remains and oh my god it was like uh, then the words hit like uh, she said that you've had a partial molar pregnancy and this was something that i had never heard before it was something that i had no uh, clue what it was and absolute but i knew somehow that it meant something bad that it meant something unusual so in tears i remember asking her what does this mean like what is this diagnosis mean so she was like um, it seems like uh, my child was conceived in an abnormal manner so in normal conception you have like one sperm fertilizing an egg whereas in my case uh, two sperm fertilized my egg so the genetic makeup of my baby was actually triploid that is three sets of chromosomes so she was like in no case um, you know this pregnancy would have been viable in a child would have survived and you would have carried this pregnancy to term sooner or later you would have miscarried is what she told me and uh, to be really honest i was relieved at the diagnosis because you know the guilt aspect of me being responsible for my baby's death was taken away at that instant so i was like okay this was something that i had no control over so it's it's kind of relieving in its own way it was like it gave me a conclusion or like a closure to you know why it happened it answered the big why um uh, after that she said that uh, it could these were her exact words like uh, i'm immediately sending you up for monitoring and follow up because it if unmonitored it could turn nasty is what she told me mm-hmm. and i was absolutely devastated i said what do you mean by nasty like because for like when you are an expectant mother and when you are going through pregnancy like you never associate the word nasty with your expectant baby right so i was like what is nasty and then she told me like uh, it seems like when you have a partial molar pregnancy uh, the development of uh, placental tissue is uh, way faster than the development of the fetus and at a certain point of time the over growing the growth of the placental tissue somehow overpasses the growth of the fetus and the kind of you know uh, what do you say suppresses the growth of the fetus mm-hmm. so even if like the fetus had a chance of like growing to a certain stage of gest- uh, gestation before it turns out to be non viable it suppressed way earlier because of the overgrowth of placental tissue 
so she was like it's equivalent to uncontrolled growth of cells and being a science student who studied biochem i know that that's the classical definition of cancer so that was another realm where she told me that you know we'll have to send you for monitoring and we'll have to monitor your hcg levels uh, if they don't go down considerably as expected then you may even be considered for chemotherapy wow and i lost it then i lost it like i lost it and i'm like what do you mean by this like how can a a frightful devastating word like cancer be associated with my child who you know was everything to me so she was like i'm so sorry but this is how it is this is how the medical condition is and uh, i am extremely sorry and i am sending you up for a follow up you will definitely receive a documentation via post to let you know when you're supposed to submit uh, blood and urine samples for monitoring and that conversation ended then and there because she didn't know how to console me then so she just ended it in the most professional manner and i was uh, like i was shocked i was shocked beyond uh, recognition and uh, then my phone rings for the second time and uh, it was from uh, like uh, a person who i remember his name so well it was a mr jeff williams who was informing me about a funeral service that was arranged um for the remains of my child and whether i would be wishing to attend it so it was those uh, that span of 20 minutes right was like i don't know where everything where all tables turned and everything just you know spiraled on to the worst so i just burst out to him in tears on the phone saying that i really don't know what to say to you at this point of time because 5 minutes ago i received a call from my doctor saying that my baby is a, like was abnormal had uh, no chance at life uh, wasn't viable and uh, she mentioned something like uh, equivalent to cancer and everything else and he was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa wait and he's like he just try to like i'm like i'm going to give you space to cry the sky as much as you want and i just i'm just going to be there giving you a listening ear at the end of the phone and that was the most amazing thing that someone could have done to somebody in my position and i remember crying and sobbing for a good 10 minutes and he was just like i am there i'm there don't worry i'm just there i'm there on the phone and he just tried to console me and make me understand and then i was like uh okay and about the funeral service so uh to be really honest like uh, uh there was a lot of conflict in my mind once i heard that uh, thing that there would be a funeral service because i am uh, a hindu by belief and uh, in us actually uh, in our religion you don't uh i don't know i must not say this but uh, like miscarriage is just considered to be uh, like a passing phenomenon it's considered to be uh, not like uh, what do you say there's no 
like uh, in us if like a life is not being born there is no uh, funeral because yeah. because there is no life there is no death so right. there is no discussion of a funeral so if like uh, god forbid somebody suffers a miscarriage uh, you know it's like the remains are just analyzed and then like they disposed of as medical waste there's no funeral or human aspect to it so this was very strange to me very very strange to me to digest and uh, i was like i didn't know how to uh, comprehend this and uh, i just asked for his number to call back and i said that i need some time to process this information because it's been like i've like listened to too much i don't know how to you know comprehend whatever has been uh, put towards me in the past half an hour so could you please just you know give me back your number and i'll get back to you whenever i can so he was like take your time that is why i informed you in advance you know regarding this because i understand how tough these situations could be and he was kind enough to like give me his number and he gave me the date the time and the venue of the funeral and he uh, consoled me at his level best and he uh, like ended the conversation i didn't know how to comprehend this and i immediately called my husband and i informed him that this is what has happened this is what is like the conversation was and this is what has been told you know by the doctor and i also received a call about the funeral and my husband was uh, i mean like the male perspective of grief is very different than the female perspective of grief so my husband was very very strong throughout because he had to support me he saw how devastated i was you know from the loss of a child and uh, he tried to stay strong and be there for me and to such an extent that even i forgot that he was grieving that he had also lost his child and that he also needed to let things out and you know process his feelings so he actually didn't agree with the idea of the funeral initially he's like i will not be in the position to attend and i maybe will not attend but i was initially of that consideration to like i because of you know uh, like the cultural upbringing that we both were in and also like taking into account our faith and religion like we were like okay maybe it is not uh, like completely right to attend the funeral but deep down the line i remember like uh, discussing this with another midwife who i met at the hospital for a routine check post when this carriage and uh, she was like i totally understand your dilemma but if i were in your position i would attend because later i wouldn't have the regret of missing it you know after all it is my child it is my a piece of me and my husband and i would like to say goodbye and you never know like how relieving that funeral would be it would give you that much needed closure that you are looking for post your loss right and what she said at that point of time made a lot of sense and uh, so i changed my decision i uh, made up my mind to go for the funeral and uh, somehow somewhere in all this uh, in this 
grieving and uh, pleading and prodding with my husband and all these conversations that we had he uh, reluctantly uh, decided to accompany me because he didn't want me to go to such an emotional event all alone it was in a different city like from the city that we live in uh, so then came that fateful day that we both were trying to avoid and we just sat like it was a short train ride uh, like to the place so like in the train we both remember like just being numb like zoned out like you know just processing what we are about to expect because we had no idea what to expect and uh, we reached uh, the crematorium there and uh, mr jeff williams was out there he was there uh, to like receive us and uh, i remember like crying my husband also cried like a big like we shed a lot of tears at that time you know and he like because his empathy and his uh, like his total uh, what do you say like his uh, drive to just go out of the way to make us both comfortable and just be there for us was just uh, so important and uh, so like you know just touched our hearts like in a very different way so we just couldn't help but you know he felt as if we were opening up to a family member or a long lost friend you know and we just opened up and we cried tears and we shared a few happy moments from the pregnancy and uh, like we just confided in him and you know and he was just there listening through it all and even so his like that listening ear you know was very very important and very crucial at that point of time and then he said i'm so sorry to be impolite but i really need to go ahead and look at overlook the arrangement so then i will just call you so till then you all can make yourself comfortable uh so he went into the next room we were in a waiting room uh that had a couch and like a box of tissues and everything else like and uh there was a screen um that was uh my uh that was projecting the image from like the chapel so you could see what was happening in the chapel on that television and uh, the camera was focused at the altar of the chapel and uh, there was like a, a small white casket the smallest casket that i could have ever seen i mean uh, though i'm a hindu i have uh, like i was educated in a convent school and i had a lot of uh, friends who practice christianity so like i am very aware about uh, the catholic way of life and so i was just like astounded at the size of that casket because it was just so tiny and it was just devastating to watch that emotionally and uh, it was like they had made like an arrangement kind of a thing with like uh, there were flowers and there were candles and uh, there were like even small uh, there was even like teddy bears around and that's when it hit like it's actually the funeral of our child like we as parents are going to the funeral of our baby and uh, i mean the reason why we have children is to have a piece of us you know carry on to the next generation our children are supposed to outlive us you are not supposed to bury or cremate your children that's the 
cruelest thing that could ever happen according to me i think if life had to throw the biggest curveball at you it would be to lose a child so that's when it hit like big time that it is our baby is in that casket you know and it was it was devastating like i don't know i don't even know how and when and how we mustered the courage to just walk from like the waiting area to the chapel where the service was going to be held somehow my husband and i walked and we seated ourselves uh, uh five other precious babies uh, apart from ours were being like you know cremated in the same uh, service so it was uh, i don't know we were the only parents who had come to attend uh, so it was i don't know a different experience altogether the service was beautiful it was very very beautiful it was very serene there were prayers said you know to uh, like to honor the ch- the children who had passed away and uh, like you know uh, bring them in prayers to like bring them peace on their journey ahead and uh, prayers to show that how much they are loved and how much they will be missed once they journey into the other realm so it was very very beautiful and uh, then like at the end of the service they uh, closed the gates behind the altar and uh, then they said that this is the symbolization that you know it's come to an end and uh, your babies will be shortly cremated and uh, he was like i am uh, stepping out now and uh, you uh, both can just you know reflect and ponder and stay here as long as you want until you muster the courage to come out and i am here i'm right outside and i remember my husband crying like very very passionately then he had never cried ever since we got the news that we had lost the pregnancy but that's when i saw him crying and that devastated me to the core like you know it's another thing to go through something yourself but seeing your spouse go through something like that it just devastates you on a whole new level it just crushes you beyond so we both had a very 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 good cry there at you know like just looking at the altar just looking at each other just trying to comfort each other in the best realm possible and that's when somehow my husband was like i'm i'm done crying i cannot stay in this head space anymore i think we should just go and i as a mother i didn't want to leave that area i remember like standing in front of the altar and crying i want my baby i want my baby i don't want to leave him i want my baby and it was incredibly hard to just let go that was the hardest work i have ever done like coming out from that chapel to the premises uh, of like the main waiting area where we were seated before and uh, mr jeff was again like very very amazing like he sort of said we were comfortable offered us water you know like made sure that we were okay and he uh, directed us to uh, like an area of the crematorium where um, it's called the children's garden if i'm not mistaken that's where uh, precious babies are uh, buried so it seems like they uh, after the remains the ashes are just scattered out in that area so that 
you know our babies are not alone they are always have other babies to play with and i thought that's very touching and very rendering and a part of me was like okay he will not be alone anymore and that was very comforting at that point of time yeah that's really beautiful so, uh i remember like he asked me like how are you feeling like how are you both feeling after this and i told him the only words that came out of my uh mouth were like thank you thank you so much because you gave me something that nobody else could like you gave my baby a recognition that he was alive you you know so there's nothing more that i as a grieving mother need rather than some acknowledgement or some recognition that my baby mattered my baby was alive and he mattered so thank you very much for this is what i told him at the end of service and uh, he sent of uh, sent us off and uh, that was uh, the end of everything and uh, there were many uh, you know like uh, questions or many feelings uh, with respect to our grief so there was one thing that uh, we both mutually agreed on was because this was uh, like our first child and a baby that was so anticipated we decided that even though uh, he has grown his wings like you know uh, we should name him so uh, that was like a monumental step in our journey as a couple so we named him kartik which is nothing but uh, roughly translated it means the bestower of strength and courage it's actually after our uh, family deity so like our family deity is uh, the hindu god of war lord kartikeya so it's one of his names so short form of kartikeya is kartik so it means the bestower of strength and courage and there could be nothing more apt uh than uh this name because this baby this precious soul and our guardian angel is like our strength in like the most uh, tumultuous times of our lives and even now like it's been 2 years uh, almost since we have lost him but somehow he's such an integral part of our lives uh, he's so like his presence is still there and uh, i think he's just watching over us like spreading his little angel wings over us and making sure that we are all safe and well and i don't think if uh, it were for his strength and uh, like you know the strength that he gives me that i could have actually moved on um, to try again for a pregnancy so it was like after being diagnosed with a molar pregnancy in the uk here um, you know supposed to like uh, give weekly samples of blood and urine and uh, you undergo a lot of follow ups and uh, if after four follow ups your readings come clear like your hcg levels drop down and uh, they're almost equivalent to zero then you're cleared like you're discharged from um, like having a molar pregnancy clinic and you can then move on to try for another pregnancy so i think there was a gap of like uh, we uh, so afterwards like around two cycles we had to wait until we got the all clear and we were very very fortunate that the next cycle we tried we got pregnant um so i'm very happy to tell you that i have a 14 month old now <laughs> 
so she is like uh, the light of our lives and uh, she is like amazing like uh, i don't know pregnancy after loss is i think it's it's just like holding on your breath for 9 months and exhaling only when you see your baby alive at the end of it Mm-hmm. so that's how it was for me like i held on my breath for 9 months until i actually met her and meeting her was like oh my the most significant and the most joyous moment ever like there could be no better joy than this in the world than seeing your child come into the world it was absolutely amazing of course i have like a whole whirlwind like my birth story is like very very twisted like an induction that failed then that led me to like uh, during pushing she just uh, like failed to descend so she was stuck in my pelvis and uh, that led them to attempt like a forceps in theater and they said if that doesn't work then it's an emergency c section so it was like a whole whirlwind like you know of emotions that we had and finally she was here and we like okay she has healed our hearts in uh, places that we knew weren't even broken before Yeah. I mean yeah. I yeah. don't know how much I think she doesn't even realize the impact that she has in her life right now and maybe somewhere down the line when she is old enough to understand like what happened and how uh, you know how our story was and how she came into our lives I hope she always understands that how loved she is like maybe always be capable as parents to show that how loved she is and that's what i wish for in my journey of motherhood i mean it's amazing having her around yeah there's nothing like meeting your rainbow baby it it whenever you said that it's like holding your breath for 9 months that's exactly how i felt and i think i held my breath until they told me he was okay after he was born like i just couldn't breathe I until i knew he was okay you uh, read about these emotions about pregnancy after loss from other accounts and oh my god yeah there's one thing that i really really need to mention here like once i after i lost kartik right i started putting my uh, feelings into art so i actually made these illustrations about how i felt like i started illustrating them so and uh, because i was like i am not alone i'm not the only person who has gone through a miscarriage and uh, so i started posting them on instagram anonymously of course because it took a lot of courage out of me to like accept and come out openly to the world to say that yes i've had a miscarriage so that was another realm altogether so i started posting anonymously and that's how i uh, like came across incredible instagram accounts like yours and uh, i'm so so grateful for the community that we have on instagram right now because i don't think that i would have navigated through the feelings of grief isolation guilt the anxiety of pregnancy after loss uh, without you know the support that this community gives through instagram Yeah, and, I totally agree. You know, it's amazing, like the support system that you have. I think I have never met anybody in person, but like the sense of bonding and the sense of community and the friendship that you have with these people is just so impactful that you could be friends for life easily without a doubt, even if you haven't met them. Yeah, that's exactly. I have friends. I actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, like internet friends are like more. Uh, what do you say? Like, I feel I'm more close to my internet friends than my friends in like reality here. So that's incredible. So I actually wrote an article about this, like you know how like the sense of like how Instagram helped me through bereavement after my loss, and it's published in an online magazine. Like uh, the magazine is titled for women who roar, so it's available online. It got published like last year. I will. Um, I'll if you'll send me a link to it, I'll put it in the show notes because I would yeah. love to read it, but I'd also really love to share it. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll be happy to definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, and I totally agree. I think, um, you know, we're of the generation where like everything kind of started as we were growing up. And that includes the internet to where you thought that internet friends that you never met before were kind of like weird whenever we were younger. And then as we get older, we see how real the connection can yeah, be with others exactly, on the internet. Yeah. And it's just, it's fascinating. The human connection is way more powerful, I think, virtually rather than like in reality, especially during this pandemic, right? Where mm-hmm. you cannot socialize much with your friends and family. Like you have this amazing support system that's always with you. It's incredible. I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, and I am so thankful that you shared your story. And if you want to share any of your illustrations too, I'm more than happy to... Um, yeah, they're all with the post for, on uh, my Instagram account. So they were like my okay. initial few posts. Yeah, so. I'm going to go back and look. But um, my account started anonymous as well. So that's so funny that you mentioned the whole anonymous account thing. You know, I see that you now have your face and your your name and everything. But I didn't have that for the longest time until I kind I of took that lunge of like, okay, I'm tired of living. Like where nobody knows that I'm struggling. It's so interesting. Oh, wow. These are so beautiful. Okay. I'm definitely going to share. So whenever this is live, um, people can look on Instagram. I'll um, post some of these because they're so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I mean, feel free to whatever you wish to share from my account. It's, that's the reason why I kept it public because major, like I recently, um, like uh, many of my friendships are uh, like, and I say friendships because they are indeed that uh, powerful. Like they are because I have kept my account public. So many have like connected me through those illustrations and they have seen like through my grief journey and related to it. So yeah, it's amazing how this community works. It really is. It really is. Well, Padma, thank you so much for sharing your story. I loved hearing your story firsthand and connecting with you. Um, I am just so appreciative of your time and the information that you're willing to share because it's so educational. And I could ask a hundred questions about how religion plays into this because I um, am always so fascinated by the difference in cultures and religions with loss. But I'm so glad that your husband and you both grieved the way you felt was appropriate and you know that you're able to go forward with no regrets and a beautiful service thank you for that it was a pleasure talking with you Aaron, and it was so nice connecting with you finally yes face yeah because i've like followed you on instagram for like quite a while and uh, to be really honest uh, i just wanted to tell you this like uh, i remember 
like the moment i lost uh, karthik in the explore options right you get uh, like these accounts so one of your posts about miscarriage were like featured in the highlights and uh, your posts actually was so relatable and they actually gave me a lot of courage so thank you for that i mean oh, thank you for sharing so openly because uh, you never know how like i wish i could put into words the impact your posts have had on my journey and to be really honest it gave me a lot of strength uh, in you know moving ahead post my loss so really thank you for that well thank you for those words i i, I have tried like there. messaging you uh, for like a whole uh, period of time and i have uh, never ever found the right words to tell you but yeah i mean i hope i can convey what i'm trying to say but thank you so much because uh, that post actually gave me a lot of courage to move forward and uh, i don't think if i hadn't come across it maybe my life would be very different right now so thank you for that i mean a reason why i uh, i think have my daughter is also attributed to your powerful post so thank you for that thank you for sharing and being the amazing person that you are <laughs> you're so sweet i you know hearing you talk so openly about your loss and you convey how you're feeling so beautifully i think you would have found that in yourself either way but i'm so honored to be a part of any inkling of that courage that you found um Thank you that's very sweet of you to say. Sometimes I feel like I overshare and I'm like nobody is reading this and they're they're thinking no, trust me you just share the right amount. <laughs> okay. Well, thank Especially you so like much. just keep on sharing Cameron because he's amazing. He's just too adorable. I love watching him. Yeah so and so I always get in my head where I'm like I'm sharing way too many baby pictures. But then I take a new picture and I'm like this one is cute too. I really want to share it. I know you never have enough pictures. Yeah, I know. That's how I feel too. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that feedback. <laughs>